We're all dying. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our symphony stream. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's the wrong thing. Well, oh, well, well, hold on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Legends of Tabletop. Uh, I have with me uh, my, uh, what does it say, my eldritch co-host, uh, Oscar Rios tonight. Thank you, and thank you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Super excited to have Bridget on the show finally. How you doing? Hello! Hi, thank you for having me on. I think I've been on before. Uh, so I think you came on our PAX, not PAX, we just did a PAX Unplugged thing. Necronomicon. Uh, Necronomicon thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been a uh, year. It's been a year. You have me on once a year. We're good. We're hitting our quotas. It's been I'll be on for minute. the next post-Necronomicon in 2024. <laughs> It'll be good. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope you'll join us for something fun. Oh, I mean, wow, I like fun things. But yeah, no, no, thank you for having me back, guys. I'm excited. <laughs> I suddenly just got really hot. I'm about to open up a window. Sorry. That's okay. Hey, do what you got to do. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, being sick. Um, you got uh, sick right after. I, so we were supposed to do this last week and punted because I was sick, and then you got yeah. sick. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was trying. I was following your lead, babe. Thank you for leading me into despair and destruction. I'm really sick next you. week. I'm gonna fucking be real upset at both of you. <laughs> I better not be sick for New Year's. I'm talking right now. <laughs> yeah, John, you had some weird situation. Sinus I have thing. COVID. Yeah. Oscar, just stay above water, babe. We're rooting for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm on a cane now. Yeah, cheap and unlocked. I, I'm, I'm on my feet. It ain't pretty. It ain't fast. <laughs> but I can walk. But you're on your feet, babe. The man, yeah. the myth, yeah. the legend, the cane. <laughs> this is good. And it's an ugly cane. It's not even cute. It's got like the, the old man four feet cane. So. Oh, you didn't even upgrade to a sexy cane? You can do better than that, babe. Because no, no, I need the four feet because I'm really unsteady. <laughs> I, I, uh, like a really cute cane is not going to have the big giant footprint. Fair. So I'm Fair. still a few weeks away from a, 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 a nerdy, stylish, sexy cane. Okay. All right. We'll wait for it. We'll wait for it. We got to get you a Cthulhu cane. Oh, with the tentacles wrapping yeah, up and around the handle. God. Yes. Uh, I'm 53, guys. I really should start <laughs> trying to act like a grown-up at some point. No, you don't. That's a <laughs> lie that, that the media told you. <laughs> You're a baby. Look, I would do a wolf or I would do like a raven's head <laughs> or some Celtic knot work. Ooh. But like a full-blown Shagath or like a Cthulhu. <laughs> I don't know if I'm well, no, I. Um, who you, let, you're there. Yeah, let me <laughs> you can pull that off. You can pull that off. You would yeah. be the one amongst us who could pull that off with. I'd like, be a hit at Necronomicon 2024. Honey, sure. listen. God willing, I won't even be on a cane by then. Fingers God crossed. Willing. Hey. Oh, hello. I was unprepared for shit to pop up on the screen. <laughs> we actually have viewers and they communicate with us sometimes. That's amazing. Yeah, sometimes. I'm usually, usually tell somebody they suck while we're trying to run a game. Like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Can't please them all. It's the internet. <laughs> no, it's like they're following along. Like, how could you miss that role? do this. It's like, oh, listen. Yeah. It's all about the fun. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Doc Herbert. Keith Doc Herber, who is one of my mentors, God rest his soul, once told me, and I live by these words, we better have fun doing this because there's no real money in it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, find joy where you can. Yes, I, right. I like those words. <laughs> better have a good time doing it because there's not any money in it. <laughs> okay. We do it because we love it. Right, right. 
So audience members, you guys are going to have to love me through the fact that my life is dying right now. So if I randomly go on mute and you see me pulled over into a trash can or blowing my nose, just love me through it. If that's not your jam, I wish I could give you like a trigger warning that it's coming, but I can't. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't punch. She's here. She's a trooper. You already won. Yeah. yeah. I already won. Yes. It's so good. And nobody will see it when the podcast comes out. So it's it's a win-win all the way around. See, that's what we needed right there. That's the encouragement I needed, John. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. All right. Do we want to jump into this? I thought you were yeah, going to hook me up with a bunch of other questions. Like, I was just spitballing. Like, you're the professional Oscar. Yeah. I have been intensively writing. I'm going back to work in, like, four weeks, three weeks. I'm trying to get as much accomplished before I go back to my full-time job. So, You have one of those, a full-time job? Yeah, I'm going to be going back to it. Didn't we just discuss like how lucrative the gaming industry was in writing? <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you have a full-time job. You're actually working uh, on your dude. Thank God I had medical disability or, you know. Honey, oh my God. Yeah, it's been a long nine months. Jesus, long that's so long, baby. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about me. We're That's okay. Listen, we're talking about us. We're here. We're here. Probably we're here. We the only it. person who's had a worse year than me. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep up with you, babe. Again, I'm, I'm following <laughs> no, my leadership it's not, here. It's not a competition. Please stop. <laughs> For your own sake, please stop. <laughs> Just as a total aside, I was talking to. Oh, so let's let's talk about who I got COVID from. That's always a great story. So Keeper Dave from the Miskatonic University podcast decided to do a fly around the country and see all of his friends before the year ended. Super so, Dave. <laughs> so he like went to Texas. He saw Keeper Merv, and he went somewhere else and saw somebody else. He came somewhere. Else, then he came to Ohio, and he's like, "I'm going to leave you the gift." that keeps on giving oh, God. he flies out and the next day he's like he calls me which is already like why are you calling me instead of texting me what is going on right now and the second i saw the phone ring and i looked down i was like this mother has COVID, doesn't he and i answered the phone i was like babe he's like i'm so sorry i'm like damn it god damn it dave <laughs> i go and test while i'm talking to him on the phone of course a positive and the the whole thing that led into the story was 2023 has been nightmare levels of trash for me, like unprecedented levels of let's see how hard we can go on the paint. And at somewhere right after my birthday, which was December 9th, I was like, okay, had a good birthday. We're rocking and rolling. Thanksgiving is behind me. All I have to do is tackle Christmas. 2023 is almost out of here. 2023 can go to hell. I'm done. I made it. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> with, two le- with two weeks left to go, 2023 was like, hold my beer. <laughs> that sucks. Well, look. What at least, you do? We're, at least we're not at the dying upside down on a ventilator stage of the COVID. Okay? Let's have that conversation. You're, that is you're, a blessing. You're, you're, you're going to be on the I'm snotty for two or three days, but thank God I'm vaccinated kind of COVID. And, and so. God is good. And I am grateful for right. that because the first time so, I had it after Gen Con, I was in agonizing, excruciating, crippling pain, like in the bed crying at three o'clock in the morning on my phone going, will morphine make the pain stop? Like. This, 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 I can manage this one. This was one that, fine. was that pre, pre-vax? No, I was fully vaxxed and boosted up too, but it was oh. my first time ever having it. Right, right. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had two bad days, but I was double vaxxed when I finally, you know, when the roulette wheel came around for me for COVID, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'd been, I'd been double vaxxed and it was like a bad flu for 48 hours. Yeah. So I, was, I guess I was lucky. Listen, we'll take our wins where we can. Right, right. So John. Have you had COVID yet? I was just about to ask I have question. not. Swing by, swing by Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Can't wait to see you. <laughs> so, well, you do live in a play in this other state with very low population density. Oh, yeah. Uh, w- w- when I went on a Savage Cruise 
uh, in 2020, uh, we we were in New Orleans. Went to oh boy. Uh, I don't remember the fuck we went. Um, came back to New Orleans <laughs> Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> right, Super Bowl weekend. We came back, flew home, and people were getting sick on the ship. Right, because you're on a ship, everybody's touching everything. Nobody washes right. their hands. Right. Right. So I I wound up getting sick. And like some of the, uh, you know, like staff on the, on the ship, they're like, oh, uh, you know, it's not COVID. It's not COVID. Right. So we've been gone for, you know, and I don't, you know, I'm not watching the news or anything. Like we're on the boat. What the fuck is COVID? What's this guy talking about? Oh, And then, man. Let, you know, left that in New Orleans, was home for a week. And then it was like New Orleans. Explodes. <laughs> like, so oh, God. I might have had it on the cruise, but I don't think so because it wasn't or I was really, really lucky. Because it was yeah. more like Some a cold. Some people get it and they don't even realize it. Don't and even realize they, it. And then they end up with the antibodies and they just, yeah. for some people, there's probably just some, well, some weird genetic lineup that makes it like, uh, oh, I had yeah. the sickles for a couple of days. And yeah. then there are other it. people, <laughs> there are other people you're dead in a week. Yeah. 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 So I can't Again, say we'll for sure. Because we find them. I'm going to say you haven't had it. That's what I'm going to go with. That's what makes me feel good today, John. So damn it. That's what we're doing. Knocking on wood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are we going to dive into this? Yeah, no, let's not. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do the damn thing. Come on, we got, right. it. we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. Who is Bridget Jeffries? Is that the actual question? That's yes, the actual it is. Question. <laughs> I didn't prepare these. Hey, I stole that from you. Start to answer that one. That's pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, who is Bridget Jeffries? Um, what's your What's your sign? <laughs> oh, okay. That's more specific. I can there work with that. Go. Uh, I am a Sagittarius, honey, Sagittarius. which means I love my freedom. I will hurt your feelings, but I'm also one of the biggest supporters you could possibly have. And I have a mouth on me. Send thoughts and prayers if you get me mad. Okay, so you're from Ohio. <laughs> I'm from Ohio. Yeah, what born and raised. Ohio? Uh, Akron, Ohio. Can That's either of you tell me a fun fact about Akron, Ohio? There are a few. I know that the, the rail lines there are absolutely fucking horrible and not straight. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give you that one. I feel like you could do better, but I'm still gonna give you that one. Oscar, do you have any fun facts that you know about Akron, Ohio? I got nothing, but I know uh, some stuff about Ohio because my good friend uh, Jeff Muller lives in Ohio. Gotcha. I know that I know that you guys just wrote um, abortion rights into your into your constitution. Yes. Thank effing God. Right. Oh, guys, congrats! I got control of my uterus back. I hate. So, Anyways, so is is Akron like? Um, uh, I've been told Ohio is like. Um, outpost of civilization surrounded by <laughs> red state nonsense. I mean, homie, it's not quite that bad. It's It might be a little bit worse. So Ohio, <laughs> if you're looking at Ohio, this is uh, sitting in Great Lake region <coughs> between, I think that's Indiana or Illinois next door, I should know, and Pennsylvania. Uh, Akron is in Northeast Ohio. Fun fact, Steph Curry, yeah, was born there. This is LeBron James, home of LeBron James. He came out of Akron, yeah. Rubber capital of the world something about hamburgers and some really other fun facts that you can learn if you pick up hometown horrors which is the miscatonic repository uh, Ooh, uh production haha nice plug you're welcome evan we'll, we'll get there <laughs> we'll, we'll get there it's on the list we'll get there yeah so <clears throat> born okay. and raised in akron ohio yes not yet 30 yes no i'm not asking specifics listen i love you so much for that compliment <laughs> um Nah, homie, we passed thirty a while ago. All right. That's why you're a well. That's why you're a grown up. Look okay. at God. 
have you hung out with any 20 year olds these days? Listen, they're it, terrible. They're a struggle. I can't do them, babe. I cannot do them. They're a struggle and a half. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, nope, nope. We're past 30. I, I, I have two of them. <laughs> Both my kids are in their 20s still. So. Yeah, you're looking good to have kids in your 20, though. You're doing your thing. Well, this is what happens when you get married, like, right out of college. Ah, uh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, fair, fair. Okay, so, not married? Not married. Nope, asexual as hell. Asexual as hell. Yep, All big right. time. Entrepreneur. Um, yes, that is a fact, yeah. Dog yeah, yeah. lover. Massive dog lover. Until that was recently. my first business. <laughs> <Until> <laughs> recently. No, I'm still a dog lover. I just got burned out with dogs. <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking to figure out where Oscar was going with that, I am a massive dog lover. I love dogs to death. <laughs> but uh, my first uh, actual business that I had uh, was Cafe Wakefern. It was a dog boarding business uh, that I ran out of my home. Um, and at one point in my glory days of 2019, I could run any. I had um, two to three 1099 contractors on staff, and I could run anywhere up to about 32 dogs a day. Wow. Yeah, there was good times. That's no joke. For everything except for my property and my sanity. <laughs> The dogs had a blast, though. And, that was and, Disney and, World. And recently, your face. And, and recently, <laughs> my face. That's good times, too. Oh, we can see it. It does. I can't see a damn thing. You're that. good. I'll, You're I'll good. send you a zoomed-in picture so you can enjoy it. I can send you the bloody ones, too, if you like them. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. I've had, a, I've had enough blood and gore in my ear. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Um, role player? No. What's that? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I have a massive tabletop role player. I love it. It's my favorite form of gaming. Author? <clears throat> was there a question when I was coughing? Uh, author? Yes, I'm allegedly one of those as well. Yes, 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 yes. I do write. That's the thing. What do you, what do you, what do you have out? What are you most proud of that's been published? Oh, what am I most proud of? That's a, such a deep question. Doesn't here. have to be what's most successful. What's your most, what are you most proud of? Oh, going to have to say the content that I'm most proud of is... Probably the Miskatonic Shoreside Conservatory. Uh, that is a limited campaign that I wrote with the permission of Graham Walmsley under Cthulhu Dark. And that's probably my favorite thing that I have um, written. Yeah. Cool, cool. You Podcaster. find that campaign on Symphony uh, on streaming? Uh, YouTube yes! Channel. Yeah, yeah. Yes! So um, I'm surprised I didn't clip my mic on that one. So Symphony did a five-series run on it that you can check at Symphony's YouTube. That's YouTube dot com forward slash at symphony entertainment um graham wamsley came on and also streamed a one-shot version of that campaign which was delicious and if you're a fan of ain't slayed nobody uh myself cuppy cup nick and josephine baker that's not josephine baker i am so tired josephine mcadams sorry uh <laughs> all streamed baker, that would have been awesome that would have been amazing like i brought her back from the dead to Man, this amazing <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I love COVID brain. I uh, did an amazing run over there on Ain't Slayed Nobody. So it's been uh, episodes one and two have been released to backers so far. Um, main feed should be able to start getting it early January, February, or March, I believe. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So you take the next That's one. all about me. Yeah. Uh, Good show, guys. Thanks, thanks for right. having me. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right. So, uh, so, so, how did you become involved in the hobby, and what is it that made you want to stay? Oh, you know what? As a as an aside, I get asked that first question a lot. I've never been asked that second question. What makes you want to stay? That's actually 
beautifully brilliant, John. Uh, okay, so rapid fire. How did I get into the hobby? It was. Let me take you guys back. It way was back. way back. Way back. <laughs> Little Bridget Jeffries, I wasn't little in high school either, but little Bridget Jeffries <laughs> <laughs> was in 10th grade AP calculus running her damn mouth to one of her friends because Bridget talks a lot. That has been consistent for the entirety of my life. It That's was the crazy. reason my brother stopped liking that. me when I was like, <laughs> it was the reason my brother stopped liking me when I was like three or four. So I'm running my mouth. My teacher tells me to be quiet. I'm like, Ugh, whatever. And I continue running my mouth and he goes, all right, cool. You're in detention. And Bridget was flabbergasted. <gasps> You're going to correct me. You're going to discipline me. The audacity. So anyways, I got my ass put into detention. And as I'm sitting in detention in whatever period it is, seventh, eighth period, my AP calculus teacher goes to the whiteboard at the time and he's drawing like a mountain and a tower and a map and da 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 And my curiosity winded up overriding uh, my pure irritation and annoyance that I was put into detention. I was like, all right, what are you doing? What's, what are you drawing? And this was Mr. Fox. And he starts telling me about this quote-unquote game that he's running. At the time, this was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And he's telling me about these mountains and these hills and this far, far away land and this castle. And there's a dragon and there's a princess. And he's telling me about these characters. And, and guys, this is uh, Bridget Jeffries in 10th grade. So I'm, what, a 16-year-old black teenager in inner city Columbus or Akron, Ohio? I don't know what the fuck a game is. <laughs> Gaming was the last. I've never been exposed to any form of role-playing at this point right. by anyone. He was just telling me this really cool story. So at the end of this uh, story, he was telling me they were having the game that night. It was Friday uh, and that they were going to go try to save the princess, which is something I could easily relate to. We all know the princess and the tower, dragon, knights, blah, blah, blah story. So I come back into class Monday, not in detention. Ha ha. Uh, and I asked him, like, hey, Mr. Fox, you know, what happened with the princess? He's like, oh, yo, so blah, blah, blah happened. The princess died. Oh, she <laughs> she died. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that because the princess always gets saved out of the tower. Like even in Shrek, the princess. Spoiler alert: um, <laughs> <laughs> the movie's probably twenty years old at this point. Don't um, say that. <laughs> I know, babe. We are not getting younger, baby. I was like, "What do you mean the princess died?" And he's like, "Oh, the swashbuckler fumbled this and da 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 da." So the next Monday, I go in and I ask him what happened at game. And the following Monday, I ask him what happened at game. And, the and finally, he was like, "Hey, do you want to come and game with us again?" I am a 16-year-old black kid in high school. My white male instructor is inviting me to his house, his buddy's house, to hang out in a basement after hours after school with his other 40, 50, 60-year-old white buddies. Lots of potential issues here. Yeah. <clears throat> Mr. Fox had a conversation with my mother. My mother had a conversation with Mr. Fox. They outlined some very strong boundaries, communication expectations, because I forgot I had a cell phone back then. Uh, what time I would be home, who was responsible for what, and a really big point, if my grades ever slipped, I was bumped out of the game. And most importantly, as weird as it sounds, that the administration couldn't know about us. Because, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. some problems there. Uh, that is how I got introduced into gaming. Uh, through Mr. Fox's basement with his friends playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Champions, and Battletech. Wow. <laughs> That's where we started. What made me stay? I genuinely love storytelling. I really do. Like, even telling you this story is enjoyable for me. I like telling stories. And at the very core of role-playing games, it's storytelling. And I'm always, always here for stories. Right, right. Cool. Well, I got to remember that question. Do we, do we all want to feel really depressed for a minute? Maybe. Depends. How depressed? Give me a scale of 1 to 10. Shrek came out 22 years ago. Fuck me. Damn it. Did it really? <laughs> April 22nd, 2001. 
Well, so, so let me follow up because I forget because I have a brain like a like a friggin' I like hate a you, Oscar. Um, <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> hey, look, being old is a reward for staying alive. Yeah, it's I'm all go perspective, with that baby. It's all perspective. <laughs> it is not a curse. It is a privilege. It is a privilege. It's a blessing. I'll take it. Twenty-one years ago, twenty-two years ago. Ugh. Go ahead, John. Sorry, so, my bad, baby. I'm so annoyed. How did that color your experience, right? As a as a young black woman to come into that situation, right? Because we hear, you know, so many terrible stories about not only you know female players, but you know, being mm. you know female and African American together, right? I mean, there's enough trust with the teacher to 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 go, but right, like so you've so uh, I, you know, it feels like your your experience is contrary to what a lot of other people would experience. Did that? Uh, how did it color things for you moving forward? Then, right? Like, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, that's a good question. It's something I hadn't considered until you started asking the question. Um, spaghetti at the wall here, John. Just on uh, initial thoughts. One, as far as an introduction into the hobby, I had a very safe, controlled introduction into the hobby. Um, I didn't know all the people that were in that basement originally, but I had a figure of trust there, which was. Um, my AP calculus teacher mm -hmm. because everyone knew the risks with me being involved in that basement. It kind of heightened the awareness of mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, so yeah. that group swarmed me from a safety standpoint, because if anything went down at that table, that was a reflection on their friend and his, his fucking career. Yeah. So yeah, obviously yeah. you were treated with possibly a great deal more respect than most women who start out in role playing. 100% absolutely. Because one, I was in a controlled environment with a group of friends that had been doing this for a while. There were a lot of risks and liabilities on the line where you know you could kind of leverage other people because there was so much riding on this. Mm -hmm. um, two, I came in as a baby. Guys, I'm a 16-year-old black kid and the, other, the youngest other person at this table is like 42, 43 years yeah. old. Yeah. So I got molly-coddled um, in a way. I was very insulated. I was very protected in a way. And I did that for two years up until I left college. Until that point, John, I didn't game with anyone else. Right. So they set the pace for me. That environment set the, set the safety standard for me. I didn't start getting hit with the bullshit that people of color and women get hit until I left that table. And then I was like, y'all, oh God, so y'all like this? Yeah, your, too? your first con must have been a, a bruh. awakening. Bruh, bruh. Yeah. I, Bridget is used to walking into situations professionally academically wherever where i'm one of five or six black people that ain't new for me that that's that's fine but the unicorn effect that that has where it's like there's a person of color right there i bet she knows nothing about gaming or i mean that i can get into kind of experiences all day long with the horror stories of being a woman or being yeah, black yeah, yeah. god help you being both in conventions but i didn't get hit i didn't get slapped with that stuff john until after i left a network of safety a literal a literal safety net where my protection and my safety was like one of the first things on everyone's mind so so i was fortunate there when so when you did like you know hit your first con or like look for your your you know your next group or whatever did you mm -hmm. move forward with like uh, and not a sense of invulnerability, right? But like, but with, with sort of a shield, like a bubble of like, oh, this is like people are cool and like this is fun and I'm going to be accepted. And then, you know, what what, what you, I, you know? So so I guess the, mm -hmm. the the initial experience was like, oh yeah, there there's that pushback and like, oh yeah, no, people still suck. Like <laughs> there's assaults everywhere. Yeah, but, but but also people suck. But she knows they're not all like that because she Correct. started from a place yeah, yeah, that right. was very safe and supportive. Right. So 
at least she was able to know there's better stuff, there's better situations out there and then go looking for it. I think a lot of, you know, women, people of color, regardless of, of, of gender, when they enter the first public gaming spaces, yeah, they don't have that background. They don't. And, and, you know, they don't stick with the hobby. Correct. It's very easy to get turned away at the door. So, John, this is a no bullshit story. I'm going to tell you this to you exactly how this shit happens. I'm in college. I didn't game my freshman year because it was just this freshman year. I went to Florida State, so I was out of state. I was trying to get my parents together. But my sophomore year, I finally was rooted enough to go like, all right, I want to start exploring gaming again. I didn't know how to start. So I went to the local comic book shop Mm -hmm. uh, in Tallahassee, Florida that had like the little gaming section in the back. And um, there were those looking for player... Bulletin, board. the bulletin boards here. with the tags on it where you can rip off and all of this like a phone number and a name. So <clears throat> before I continue forward, let's rewind really fast. I went to an inner city elementary school and then I went to a performing arts middle school where I was one of three black people in the entire area. Hmm. And then I went back to an inner city black school. So my code switching game was perfected pretty early on. I'm going to that because that matters. Flash play. I pulled down the sticker or the little tag and I said, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to call this person. At that time, I believe this table was playing uh, maybe D&D or this might have been Vampire the Masquerade. I don't necessarily remember uh, because the door got slammed in my face and I wasn't able to play. Let's pick mm. up the story again. So I call the number and the guy's like, hi. I said, hey, I found your information on blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, yeah, we post there. You know, what's your gaming experience? I was like, oh, I played a little bit in, in high school, but I, I took a year off. And oh, my God, that sounds great. Da-da-da. Come on, this is our group. We'll, we'll meet. And if you're a good fit, we'll go ahead and da 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 I get in my car. I get my dice. I get whatever my stuff is together. I drive to this apartment complex. I park. And I go and I knock on the front door. Now, now obviously, I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm out here alone. Uh, you know, but it's also college. So you do that shit on the regular. Be like, ah, you hope for the best. <laughs> I probably so, won't get murdered tonight. It's fine. No, absolutely not. Yeah, my parents will for sure hear from me again. So I knock on the door. Big overbearing white guy opens the door. He looks at me and looks me dead in my face. Now, mind you, I'm expected. Game starts at six. I'm here at like 545. I'm expected. He opens the door, looks me dead in my face. He's like, who the fuck are you? Oh, okay. Cool. I was like, hi, uh, I'm Bridget. He stops and he looks at me. He dresses me up and down. He says, you're Bridget? I said, yeah, I'm here for the get." Door closed right in my face. Wow. Can can I counter with a story? Quite similar, but Mm -hmm. different outcome. Go for it. My my D&D group went through some upheaval way back. Back, Mm -hmm. you know. And we were looking to start um, a new game. <clears throat> and, you know, the core people were there and all the, the deadweight troublemakers were gone. But we needed one or two more players to really have a solid crew. So we put something up online. Somebody answered, called us. We had a phone conversation. Mm-hmm. They sounded really cool. And they agreed to come to the next game. And just from the sound of their voice... I was pretty sure that they were black. Okay. Just, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a New Yorker. I've grown up around every shade. Yeah. So I, and up until then, I was, I and my wife were the only Hispanic players in the D&D group. Okay. And I go to my friend Joe. I said, Joe, I, I don't know if you, if it matters or not, but I'm pretty sure that Greg's black. Okay. And he said, I don't give a fuck if he's purple as long as he's black. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg showed up. 
and became for many, many years one of our best friends. <laughs> he we got drunk with him. He's he got into bar fights with us, not me personally, because I didn't go to the bar because I knew my friend Dave liked to start fights. Mm-hmm. And he got drunk, so I'm like, I'm not going, guys. Um he's him and his mom spent Thanksgiving at my house. I mean, nice. he was like my bro. Yeah. For years. I mean, he moved, he moved down south, so you know. So Greg Graves, as you're out there, much love and great memories. But that was our group. Mm-hmm. That was like, I don't give up. Yeah, I'm going to fuck what he is. He could be purple for all I care. As long as, as, he, long as he can play, let's go. Yeah. So I'm sorry you didn't have that experience. But like, you know, there are good people out there. And, and there, there are, are some people. that are not. Yeah. Right, right. Not every people are your people, honey. Go find your people. At that, yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's infuriating. <laughs> oh, it's, it's ridiculous. I, it's just so stupid. I, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, no, not, no, every, no. I, not every like group of people are going to work together, right? Like it's hard to find players, right? Cause you have a certain play style or whatever, but like that, like you were just a fucking piece of shit. Like that's not, you know, like you're just a horrible human being. That is not a white girl. Door closed right on my face. If we put it, if we put out an ad for a new gamer in a group and you know, at this point I don't have a, a Muslim friend. Mm -hmm. I don't have an Arabic friend, but if like a Muslim Arabic person came into play, I'd be like, F yeah, this is great. You <laughs> know, I, I can't wait to get invited to one of your barbecues. This is going to be awesome. It says, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw paint. I'm going to throw colored dust at a parade at your house with you. I'm going to get exposed to all, you know, I'd be like, this is awesome. I get exposed mm-hmm. to a whole new culture. And Babe, not everyone is wired like that. And, and there are other people like, no. I yeah. just want what I have and I'm what I'm useful and anything different just makes me afraid. Yeah. And I'd be like, like, so when's Ramadan? Like, what, like, what, what are we eating? <laughs> me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One Let's of the big restaurant and tell me what to order. Right. One of the things I absolutely <clears throat> love about new players and one of the things I love about diverse players, especially that you don't see in the quote unquote standard gaming market. Uh, John, I told you earlier, I love stories. New players and diverse players enhance stories in some of the most beautifully creative and challenging perspective ways. It just adds so much organic ugh, to the storytelling because you got these new players that are like they're not jaded right. and everything is fresh and they don't have a problem leaping out there. And you're just like, I remember when I still had that charge. That's some, Yep, let's go with that because I love the right. fact that you're not trying to adhere to any norms of what you've been conditioned into or what someone has scared or beaten out of you as a role mm-hmm. player because they didn't like your style. You come as you are and I I, I live under new players. Diverse players are the same way because they are yep. going to bring something to the storytelling aspect that I'm not familiar with. And not only can I learn, but I can experience their world through this game, even if it's small, subtle things. So, yeah, no, to, to your point, Oscar. Yeah, no, bring me those people. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Teach me something new today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so... Uh, it's sort of a non sequitur, but also sort of building on that different perspectives, right? So, yeah, because I, I I wrote in the show notes that I need to take a minute to gush about the 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 Regency Cthulhu mini campaign ah! that you guys ran <laughs> that you ran for uh, for the Old Ways podcast. It yes. was phenomenal. Like it was some of the best storytelling, you know, players like f- from top to bottom, like out fucking standing like it was amazing i laughed i cried like like no shit though like it was it was so good thank you and you know different you know 
GM players, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was just such a complete. Like that's like we have fun. We fuck around, right? I play games yeah. with my friends, um, and you know, occasionally we bring new people in, and they become new friends. Uh, yeah, but like that's the kind of gaming experience that I aspire to. Like it was. Holy shit, John! It Thank was you, so babe. good. It was just so good. <laughs> Oh my god, baby! Thank you so much. That was easily one of my favorite, probably my top three runs of anything that I've ever run. Cast brought their A game. That was uh, Michael Diamond, a Newbish Indian Girl, and then uh, John Casey. And it was an absolutely brilliant game. If you guys get a chance, uh, that is as John already said, that's Echoes in the Mist. Uh, my Regency Cthulhu campaign over on the Old Ways podcast, and Oscar held my hand on this damn scenario for about two months while my shit was falling apart. Um, <laughs> this will be ready uh, quarter one for imprint at the Miskatonic Repository. Nice. It will be ready quarter one of 2024. It took me over a year to write it, despite the fact that I haven't been writing for the entire year. Just I'm dealing with grief in the background, and mm-hmm. as Oscar has coached me through a significant amount of it. It's been a very big challenge for me to write while I've been grieving. So the day I have a cover for it, all the art is ready. It's in layout right now. I need to write maybe 1500 more words, which I probably could have done today while I was fucking around, not doing anything, but here we go. Uh, Self-care, self-care is important. You need to step back. We are where we are, but it should be out. Echoes in the Myth should be out for um, 2024 quarter one. We are working on it. It is, it's really close. Bridget just nice. needs to be able to push it over the finish line. And, and, and it, it dovetails in. I want to bring it back because talking about yeah. different perspectives to, to listen to new play that character as, you yes. know, uh, as an Indian woman. Yeah. 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 Uh, and to her, like her interpretation of the experience of someone what would have gone through what the character mm-hmm. had gone through, you know, the horror stuff side to be in that situation was so like, like it's crazy, right? It's not like, you know, you playing it or me playing it or, you know, like, like that's, you know, her, like, you know, collectively background. Correct. It was so good. It was so, uh, informative, interesting. Like I like throw adjectives at it. Like it was just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, thank you so much for that. And just to tie into what John is saying, so um, one of the big things that I told Mike Diamond on the front end of that podcast when Regency Cthulhu just come out and we were going to do Regency, and when you think Regency Cthulhu, if you're not doing Bridgerton imagining originally in your head, I haven't seen that show, but if you're not doing that, it's all white people and balls doing petty, romantic, fall in love shit. And one of the things I was going to be very specific about, and Mike completely agreed with me, met me literally in the center of the playing field. It's like, I refuse to play a game or run a game or write a game that's Regency so white. Y'all can yeah. kick rocks with that. Right. We're going to have people of color. We're going to have representation in this damn scenario. This isn't all pretty white girls in ball dresses. So that was something I did on the front end. And then we recruited Noob. And to John's point, um, the bulk of the scenario is um, two white naval officers are escorting a um, Indian uh, wealthy merchant's daughter across the seas. And then uh, they have to walk her through the coming out, you know, debutante balls in, in, in Regency uh, era. And the things that Nubish Indian girl described how she tied back to her culture, even down to, Hey, what does your dress look like? And she starts going through this entire garb description. I was like, is that what your dresses look like underneath at weddings? Really? Or, Oh, this reminds me of this particular holiday. And then this holiday, these are the foods that we ate. And I'm sitting back. I was like, I had no to Oscar's point. 
you get around some people that aren't your people, you can learn and flush out some really, 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 really beautiful things. Because, John, to your point, I learned a lot following behind that character, too, because I gave her the agency to describe her own shit. And she's like, cool, I'm going to describe my actual shit. And it was stunning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I'll make sure Mike hears this episode. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have to take my favorite ones? color is green. I know you guys wanted to know. It's green. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, tell us a little bit about Miskatonic Repository. How did you get involved? What's it all about? What's the future look like? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, my full time job is I work for Chaosium Incorporated. Um, they have a series of well. They have a community content platform, which basically means you can go self-publish your own playable content um, without having to, you know, buy an out license outright for Call of Cthulhu. I'm thinking Johnstown Compendium, but that's actually for RuneQuest, 7C, and then soon for Pendragon. So I'm one of the ambassadors of those programs. So basically, I'm a I'm a hype girl. I'm a coach. Uh, I answer questions. I connect you to different resources. I keep you in compliance. I can help you from Minion. Say it again. Booth minion, booth minion, booth minion. I'm trying to get out of being a booth minion. Listen, I'm fat. My feet hurt. Um, <laughs> that, ain't my, that ain't my life, baby. Put me on a panel. And let me go run a game for somebody. Um, <laughs> I can take you from. I have this really cool idea for Call of Cthulhu all the way being. I'm actually published for Call of Cthulhu. So if you need help with something like that, if you want to be inspired, if you want the community the network, feel free to email me uh, at Bridget. That's a bridge that you walk across with two T's at chaosing.com. That is what the Miskatonic repository is. That is the community content program for Call of Cthulhu. How did I get into it? It's a great ass question, Oscar. How did I get into it? I had published my first scenario in Beta Azif issue number two. That was with Jared. And that was the first time I'd ever published anything. And I didn't think I could. And then when I did it, I was like, this was nowhere near as difficult as I thought it would be. I thought this was just the, an insurmountable thing to publish. Fear is the hard part getting over the fear of trying to do it is the hard part once you do that it's all downhill from there i didn't start writing until i was in my 30s yeah because even though people were telling me oh your stuff is so great you Mm -hmm. know you just have that what if i try and fail then i won't even have the dream yeah I, i would rather have the dream than you know have tried and failed and that's like loser mentality eventually you gotta eventually that penguin has to dive into the water at some point it has to it has to it has to or it's not a penguin yeah i like the penguin and it needs to dive into the water you need to dive into the water because i know you have a cool you listener i know you have a cool idea that you've been meaning to write or you have it on a hard drive somewhere on a sticky note Uh in your mind it's time let me go ahead and be the person to tell you right now it's tragic because some of the most creative people who've run games for me yeah they have a mental block that they just can't write it down. Yeah. And you look at their notes and it's like seven lines of, of, of hieroglyphics mm-hmm. and a squiggle. <laughs> and they put on four hours of amazing content. Yeah. It's and like, baby, like, you have published this. He goes, I, I can't write. I've got it all in my head. I can't write. It just like breaks my heart. That was me. I ran all of my games off of sticky notes. And then mm-hmm. someone was like, Jared Smith of Bay of the approached me and said, hey. Uh, I heard you ran this amazing game called Beast of Jevoudan, and I want you to write it up for my magazine. And I was like, oh, I don't write games. I can't. He's like, cool. So you're going to write this game for me, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to teach yeah. you how. That's yeah. the only reason. I can reason teach I you how to write. I can't teach you to have good ideas. Correct. If you've got good ideas, I can teach you the rest. If you've got a good imagination, 
find a mentor and learn to write and go and go and go and go. And again, if you're looking to publish, find a mentor to Oscar's point or Chaosium, if you're looking to do Call of Cthulhu, literally has a damn class. That's $39. It starts off with, I have a cool idea, or maybe I don't. And 30 days later, you're literally published on the, the Miskatonic Repository. Y- you don't have to have a dissertation. There, There's content up there that's 1,300 pages or 1,300 words on a damn pamphlet. The only thing that's stopping you from writing is you. Right. That's it. Now, I quit. I quit. <laughs> to hell with this. <laughs> I didn't come here for this type of violence. <laughs> this is I'm going to sit on my own hypocrisy, too, because I haven't written in a year because of my grief. But what the fuck ever? Here we go. You should be writing, though. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, uh, once I got over the fear, I mean, Oscar is 100% right. Once I realized I could do it, there's that addictive component on the back end where you're like, well, now I need to do it again. And now I need to do it again. I've never had a tattoo, but I hear tattoos are like that. Once you get one, you can't stop. I was. <laughs> That's the same thing. Once you <laughs> conquer that fear and you realize that that was an illusion, that was a lie that you told yourself, then suddenly you're like, shit, I have a whole lot of great ideas. Okay, I can, can be publishing all of these. Yes. Can I, can I, I'm going to wind back a little bit. <laughs> did, you go, did you go through a phase after like your third or fourth project where you're like afraid I'm going to run out of ideas? And then they just kept coming and coming and coming. Babe, I don't think I went through I'm going to run out of ideas. I did go through the, do all my scenarios sound the same? <laughs> am I diversifying my storytelling enough or am I pigeonholing my story? So that might be not good ideas. <laughs> girl, girl, I had, a, I had a crit. I had a reviewer that once wrote, Oscar goes back to his familiar tropes of children. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I've never written another scenario. That was probably like 10 years ago. I have never written another child-centric scenario. Ever. I'm going to be rescuing a dog down a well before I have a new rescue child. Gonna be it. You can go get Rover, but it ain't going to be I Little felt, Billy. I felt so called out. <laughs> uh, and there was one player I loved, just before you're bullshitting. It's, you know, it's like they, they, learn, they learn from you yeah. and they learn what to expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they come out of this cave and, I'm, and he just says, oh, I wonder if we could see that spooky monastery from here. And I said, yes, you, you can <laughs> see the monastery on top of the cliffs outside of this cave. And I and he said, and yeah, probably look up and there's a bolt of thunder, and there's a bolt of lightning behind it and some bats. I'm like, you Fuck. I hate you. Don't <laughs> read me like that today. It made me like, no, I need to push. I need to do different things. I need to explore ideas. I can't stay in this comfort zone because yeah. they are calling me on my shit. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's really easy to do. So I, I didn't go through, I don't have any good ideas. I did go, do all my ideas sound the same? Yeah, yeah. Like recycling good. myself so yeah I, mean, I did go through that at least, at least you didn't have it on the internet on a review so oh, i'm sure it is somewhere Listen, <laughs> people love <talking>. <laughs> but yeah that's how i got into the miscatonic repository i got over my own fears i got over myself i was like oh i want to do this again so i hopped on it again and jared was like hey you know chaosium has a thing where you can be publishing call of cthulhu and you ain't got to pay for a license i was like that sounds delicious let's go do that Back in my day, it was the monograph. <laughs> it was the monograph. And I put out a bunch of those. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one of them became an, an actual Chaosium release. So, See? Look at you. My first. Got over that so. fear, baby. Nice. Yeah. 
And honestly, everybody out there who's thinking they don't have what it takes, you, you won't know until you try. And unless you try, <sighs> yep. you are handing the universe a victory over yourself. Yep. Agreed. 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 And even if you try and fail, try again. What? And the drink when this is over. (laughs) John, I'm sorry, we can change the subject. What do you want to talk about, babe? What's the next question? We ain't going to antagonize you no more. (laughs) You know, John, if you contacted me directly, we can get you published by. What draws you to horror? What draws you to the weird, the esoteric, the eldritch? I mean, what is it about cosmic horror that, that grabs you or pulls you in? Or does it? So let me not assume. Yeah, so horror is definitely my happy place. Hard stop. Horror is my happy place. It's not necessarily always cosmic horror. I've ventured out of there. My palate changes on the day. But as a rule, if we're doing like food genres, horror is my default that I can always go to and I can find some comfort. Why? I absolutely love the emotional beats that horror brings as far as storytelling. I absolutely live in those moments. Um, Horror for me activates... Obviously, your fear response, which kind of dives deep into that uh, vulnerability aspect of humanity, what makes you think, what makes you breathe, which makes you fear, you know, how does this affect your senses and things of that nature. And when you're dealing with a concept that's as intimate as fear, the immersion kicks up for me. And if I'm fully immersed, if I'm rooted into the game, you can dog walk me through any scenario you want. It won't matter. Horror hits the emotional beats for me that other genres just... Just don't. Especially when you get a good table. You have good players that all buy in. Oh, God. Especially if they're really attached, if they get attached to their characters. Oh, God. And and the game still has that lethality to it. Oh, my gosh. And give me some agency. Even if it's the illusion of choice. I can affect the world. My decisions matter. What Mm -hmm. my character wants matters. Oh, oh, honey. Just just, just give it to me. I love it. I can't. Mm -hmm. I absolutely cannot get enough of it and one is oh go ahead uh, the next level of that is when you're in a long-term campaign and then your keeper starts writing character specific adventures yes there's nothing better than that spotlight me baby <laughs> let's talk about what's going on with my character yeah it's and that's just horror does that that immersion for me for bridget nikia jeffries in a way that other genres does just don't hit i'm not saying throwing a 20d6 fireball isn't fun but that doesn't hit the emotional beats for me uh, that I'm upstairs uh, hiding in a closet and I hear something knock over in the room next door to me. Right. That, that, and that's the thing with the heroic fantasy, right? Like I, and I still play D and D despite Watsy's whatever. Um, But it, it's not the same thing. Like, Mm -mm. you know, 4E, I think it said in the 4E player's handbook, like you're better, like your starting level character is better than like, the village people, whatever, right? Like yeah. you're you're already like set apart. And yeah. I'm like uh, that's not like I don't like it's it's fun on some level, but it doesn't mm-hmm. hit the way that horror or or other genres hit, right? Because you're expected yeah. to win. You're expected to kill the 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 monsters or where the bad guy yeah. or whatever it is. Where that's not the case necessarily in horror. Like, you might not survive, right? Like, that's the... Agreed. Uh, Fantasy games, in my opinion, are about empowerment and the cool things that you can do when you're empowered. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Granted, I'm sure that table, the the the, the table that I joined when I was in tenth grade, they were all you know, that princess might have been somebody's little sister or could have been their spouse. Um, they could have had their whole you know conscience or morality or ethics riding on saving it, and then they failed. Yeah, that misery, that pain, that disappointment probably hurt those characters if they were brought into that level. But as yeah, a yeah. rule, in Bridges' experience, I am not shitting on how other people play games. It's gaming. Go get what you want from the experience and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, horror just hits a different beat for me. Yeah. yeah. To, to chime in, I, I I haven't played fantasy in a long, long, long time. But... <laughs> As as John can attest to, I do like my space opera. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I'm an old school Star Frontier guy. I'm actually an editor for Star Frontiersman. I didn't know and, that, Oscar. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fanzine. There's again, what my mentor said. There's no money in it. Um, we do it because we love it. I get to write Star Frontiers games. I'm I'm running Star. Fr- I've run Star Frontier. Uh, whenever I do a con, I try and do one Star Frontier game. Just, yeah. And then there'll, it then there'll be a bunch of fifty-year-old people like, "Oh my God, someone's running Star Frontiers," and they all flock to it. Like, yeah, and it's a lot of fun. It yeah. is a lot of fun, and the game universe is amazing. Uh, TSR won't release the license. Mm. I know because I was part of a group that tried to buy it and relaunch Star Frontiers a couple of years yeah. ago. But I've never cried or made a player cry running Star Frontiers. Yeah. I have never had a group passionately debate what the hell are we going to do yeah. playing Star Frontiers. Yeah. I have never had a group decide to let the bad guys win mm-hmm. because they were too terrified to take them on Yeah, in Star Frontiers. Or yeah. indeed, but in Call of Cthulhu, that happens all the time. In horror, honey, it's just a different vibe. Now, I am going to say this much, uh, just as we're talking about fantasy games. There is one fantasy game that I have encountered that got close to scratching that itch that I enjoy, and that's Chaosium's uh, Rune Quest. Mm. And so, I, Bridget hates combat. I really do. Fuck combat. I just, I'm not here for it. I don't enjoy it. Uh, it is what it is. You, it's gaming. Come for what you want to get and then leave. This is the beautiful thing. Not everything is for everybody. But RuneQuest combat specifically has a set of mechanics where versus, I roll a d20. My total is a 26. I hit it. I do four points of damage. It's, it has this mechanic that goes, okay, I'm getting ready to roll my percentile because it's BRP-ish. Um... But before I roll, I'm going to augment my role. Hi, Kitta! With this cool emotional aspect for my backstory. Maybe I have something in my backstory that says uh, I have a hatred of bullies. Well, in this particular encounter, Oscar is being bullied uh, by John. John is, you know, mocking his, his, his work ethic or his religion. And that's triggering the hatred of bullies. So now I'm going to activate my hatred of bullies. And now I get um, a bonus 20% to this role. Or I am walking into Oscar's hometown and our tribes have had a long standing just animosity. And I have this thing on my sheet that says I have a hatred of the man, the myth, the legend of the tribe. Okay, well, I can activate that mechanic and suddenly I get a a plus 20 percent from this. Or I can walk into a combat with John where I'm in love with his little sister. And this is the moment where I have to, you know, fight the brother in order to marry the, the, the woman that I love. And I can do what well. I have a love of Victorina. So I, those moments in RuneQuest 
strike that emotional nerve for me um, because it pulls into your backstory and it pulls into mm. your passions. It pulls into what your character wants to help manifest those moments in game. I did want to at least mention that. Yeah. 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 Well, I think the other thing with horror too, is there, you know, it's cathartic, you know, on some it level is. and you know, it exposes you to the horror, but you have, con- you know, in a meta sense have control over it, right? Like it, it's, it's, mm-hmm even the unknown is known to some degree because we're playing a game. Like as much as we may be immersed, like I know the spiders aren't going to get me. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if I have a a phobia of spiders, you know, and you can, I don't see you can manage or mitigate it. Right. Cause that's, that's not really the thing, but like it allows you to play around with it and, and, you know, give you some agency over, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it really, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, like we, you know, like we joke around a lot of times. Like it's therapy when we play, right? Like, yeah, you know, there'll, there'll be days like <laughs> it can be. I don't want to play. Like this, I feel like shit. Like I'm, you know, whatever. And then you play, you're like, oh my god, it was so good. I totally needed that. You know, blah blah blah. And you get more of that bounce from horror. <laughs> you know, weirdly enough, that that yeah. you know, just kind of pulls that through. So, John, I am going to say this. I've never said it before, and I don't know if I'm going to believe myself after I say it, but I'm going to say part of that. And, Oscar, let me know if you agree on this one. I could be hella wrong. I'm going to leap out there and go for it. John, I think a lot of that is horror activates your nervous system. Mm. And there's something about the activation of your nervous system that can really, like, shoot you with, I don't know if it's adrenaline or indifference or whatever it is, but that nervous system activation, right. that fight or flight that kicks in right. is a really good way to go. Like It's like doing a line of storytelling. You're like, whoa, here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm going with. Okay. I've never said that out loud before, but I'm going to try it. Oscar, do you agree with that or not? Um, I just looked this up. Apparently... Uh, the the fear response mm-hmm. releases both cortisol and adrenaline. Cortisol and adrenaline. Damn, I was close. Okay. So yeah, I mean there is a, a physical exhilaration uh, that comes from experiencing fear. Yeah, yeah. And John, to your point, yes, I understand it's a game. Now, depending on your like, I don't fuck with spiders, and I will redline that every day. And if it's a mm. game with spiders, I'm not going to play in it right, right, um, right. because I don't enjoy that particular form of horror. It is what it is. But apparently, like, like I don't know, inviscerating me and chopping me up in 40 places, I'm completely good with. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to your point, it is it is a game that we're playing. There's a there's a separation between content and real life. But that content to what Oscar just pulled does have a physical manifestation mm-hmm. in real life. So it totally makes sense that we leave games. Like, I've left games, especially streamed games or podcast games where the performance levels were real high and the immersion was better, where I couldn't sleep for the first three or four hours. I would have yep. to do something to yep. manually dial my nervous system back just to get to sleep because I was so amped up. Or I was so riled up. Also, the separation between content and player. If you genuinely love that character... Yes, you're threatening the life of a character, but you're threatening the existence of something that I do care about. Right. That's enough to have you go. And it's got to be there, right? Because if there is no fear of losing that character, then really what's the point in playing? Not that you don't have good experience, you're telling good stories, whatever. But if there's not the chance that this character might not make it. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost for nothing. You know, on okay. some level, right? Again, I can't wait to hear better. this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, Oscar. Let's go. You know, I'm bursting with my rebuttal. Yeah, um, that's the old man in you talking. 
because new gamers, young gamers, people in their 20s, they don't understand mortality. They don't understand loss because they haven't suffered. They haven't lost a parent or a loved one. They haven't had their heart broken. They haven't buried a beloved dog or a pet. They don't have the respect for mortality. They would be like, well, what's the point of playing a game? I've heard time and time and time again. What's the point of playing a game where I'm just going to go insane and die? Mm-hmm. You know, what? that's life. Life is the struggle to maintain life and sanity. Especially yeah. now. <laughs> and, Honey, and John. People, people in teenagers don't play. Well, not all. Teenagers usually play games that have a power fantasy mechanic. They mm-hmm. do. It's everybody's because, because they are in a place where, in their lives where they feel they don't have control and that they are powerless. Oh, so they play and something that gives them power. that need. Mm-hmm. When you get to your 30s and 40s and beyond, like a lot of gray hair here. Like us. Um, you start to look at life different because you know it's not going to last <clears throat> And you yeah. cherish those every days. And when you play that character with your 11 fucking hit points and a leather coat <laughs> that has one point of armor. Yeah. And a 45 can do 12 points on one shot. And that's a gun. Forget yeah. about all the monsters and the magic and the falling rocks. Yeah. And the haunted houses. <laughs> hey, I look. Don't, I know. <laughs> all the rocks. Um, yeah. But like, Call of Cthulhu players love life, mm-hmm. and that's why they play a game where life is so precious and so fragile. To to celebrate that, and you start to see the value in a legacy and a meaningful death. Because you accept that everyone's going to die at some point. If you talk to Call of Cthulhu players at a bar, by the third round, what is everybody talking about? Oh, their best nest. Their best nest. They they wear that like a badge. Every Call of Cthulhu player has at least one character death story that is so ridiculously funny or interesting or tragic (laughs) that that's their go-to cocktail story. Yeah. D&D players don't have that time that I died. Yeah. They it's more that story. cool thing that I did. That cool thing that I did. Yeah. 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 Right. I think I'm actually directly in between you guys on this one. If we're going for the mortality is a goal, mortality <laughs> isn't a goal. I think I'm somewhere in between. I, I walk into horror games understanding that my character might not walk off the table, no matter how much I may love them. I, I'm interested in the other things that you can make me lose in the course of the story. Mm. Can you make me lose my dignity? my sense of pride? Can you make me compromise my morals? Can you make me lose the love I have of this item or this person? It's those other losses that I really enjoy exploring in-game, especially anything that challenges not the ROI on an emotional situation, but kind of like the ROI on the emotional situation. Is it okay to sacrifice this seven-year-old if it'll save the entire town? Yeah, I love that. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. Am I, I'm the one that has to be the adult in this situation and make that decision. I'm the one that has to look that seven-year-old in the face and make that decision. Challenge me with those type of losses, the loss of my humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the moments that will really stick with me. Because I already know this character may or may not make it, despite how right. hard I try to keep him alive. Right. Yeah, it, it's I think the... I'm straddling between you guys, at least where I am with my palette currently. What, yeah. what I most like to explore in gaming now 
at this point in my life is the nature of heroism. Oh, what is a hero? We've had this conversation. Yep. Right. It's it's easy to be a hero when you're immortal or you're invulnerable or you're Correct. powerful. Correct. When you're vulnerable and you're normal and you're yeah. just Joe Schmo. Yeah. And there's risk and you could choose to either let the bad thing happen and go on with your life or yeah. put your life on the line to stop the bad thing from happening so that other people might be saved. Yeah. That's what I like to explore. And sometimes the players, I'm not going to say they fail in that moment mm -hmm. because maybe they're not meant to win. Maybe it is yeah. hopeless. Maybe it's better to walk away from this adventure so that you can help the next group. Yeah. You know, like the next adventure will save the town. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 that person but you know but that couple you're still good you're still good oh thanks. I did it twice oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> I've got six cats I I know I sympathize oh god but you understand what I'm saying I one hundred percent and we've had the conversation yeah. uh, about what it means to be a hero writing heroes in games we had a very interesting conversation uh, about villains and heroes and what a villain can do to compromise a hero mm -hmm. the subtle things that they can do to challenge a hero yeah no 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 yeah i'm with you 100 on that one poor john right. this struggle is so struggle i know baby you're okay you still look good though <laughs> you're muted pal you're muted he's like my shit's probably not even plugged I'm, in right now. i'm cleaning up the iced tea that i just spilled all over myself oh. my chair my fucking computer Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's good. I'm having a moment over here. You guys just, you guys do your thing. No, we're good. Right, I'll take the next one. I'll take the next one. 2023, honey. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about this other part of your life. The, the podcaster. How did you get involved with Mup? Oh God. How did I, Mup, Mup. How did I get involved with Mup? Miskatonic University podcast. Yes. The two-time any award winning Miskatonic University podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, they are. Uh, the world ended in 2020 and that was great. And, uh, I was one of those people that was like, online gaming is dumb. I'll never do it. And then 2020 hit. And now that's primarily what I do. I was also one of those people was like, I'll never watch or listen to an actual play. I'd rather be playing. And now I listen to actual plays all the time. Maturation is funny. Um, so the world ended in 2020. I started doing a lot of online gaming. At this point, Symphony had launched in 2019, and it was just a, a small-time publishing company. I was publishing things on a miscount repository. I was putting on games, events, panels, and blah, blah, blah. And um, during the stay orders, when everyone was losing their mind, I did a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of online gaming. And at some point, I came onto the radar of Keeper Chad over at the Miskatonic University podcast. He introduced the concept of Bridget, whoever I was, to another individual, <laughs> Keeper Dave, the one who shared COVID with me. We love you so much, Keeper Dave. Uh, and Keeper Dave reached out to me. It's like, hey, do you want to come onto the Miskatonic University podcast and do an episode? You can talk about symphony yourself. And I was like, sure. That sounds fun. I never listened <laughs> to the Miskatonic University podcast. I had never been a, a formal guest on a podcast of that size before. Uh, the day before... I was scheduled to, was the day of or the day before? One of the two. Either the day of or the day before that I was supposed to record, I sent him an email and I canceled. I, I lied. And I sent some email <laughs> like I misscheduled the day or I'm sorry, something. I lied um, because my anxiety ran through the roof. And uh, and um, I just I just couldn't do it. 
So they was like, oh, yeah, we'll reschedule you for the next week. I was like, I really wanted y'all just to go to hell away. But okay, we'll do it next week. Sure, 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 sure. And the following week, I pushed through my fear, to Oscar's point. Uh, I did an episode with them. Thank God they loved me. And the very next episode, they invited me back to be like a trial guest. And then I wanted to join the podcast after that. Um, Oscar, I've been with them going on. Dave and I just figured it out. I'm getting ready to hit my third year with them. Which well, is you, absolutely you, amazing. You do bring a great energy to the crew. So yeah, yeah. thank you. Hey, I appreciate that. I love Dave for keeping up with us because Murph is just as loud and obnoxious as I am. <laughs> 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 we can be very overpowering. <laughs> so, mm. Thank you. Thank you for that compliment. I will take it and run. Yeah. So the Miskatonic University podcast, if you're not familiar with it, it's a two-time any award podcast. Um that discusses weird and horrific role-playing games. So this is everything from Alien to Dread to Pirate Board to lots and lots and lots of Call of Cthulhu. If it's weird and horrific role-playing games, we have it. We bring on special guests and blah, 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 blah. blah. You can check more out at uh, mu-podcast.com. It's, it's, a, a it's a great place to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening. You, mm-hmm. you get all Thank the new up-and-coming authors, writers, get previews and reviews of, you know, of, of good adventures, fiction yeah it's all there thank you babe i appreciate that yep. so yeah that's how i got started with him yeah, yeah. And, and and has it been overall uh you know in 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 being involved in the podcasting community you know having that aspect going to conventions you know has that affected your your writing like you know how, how does that all sort of dovetail together yeah, it's amazing how those things all cycle together in this uh, beautiful avalanche of snowballs that you know runs down the hill because the Miskatonic University podcast, because we bring on such high-quality guests, puts me in front of people that I may have n- neither otherwise like gotten in front of. Like, for example, we invited Becca Scott on to be of the Calix and the Good Times Society to be on the Miskatonic University podcast. We're going back and forth and flirting with each other and laughing and having a good time. And she makes an offhand statement. It's like, oh, my God, you should come on and play on the Calyx. Again, my fear was like, I've never done a professional actual play of that size. I'm not going to just let it go. And maybe a month or so later, Murph was like, yo, did you ever holler at Becca about getting on the Calyx? I was like, nah, she was just being nice. He was like, she wasn't just being nice. She asked you to email her to see if you wanted to go on the Calyx. I was like, oh, I don't know. He's like, do you want me to email her for you? I was like, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fucking keep her Murph. Uh, and I did. And that's how I got started with the Calyx and that entire, you know, run I did uh, with the Good Time Society. So the the, the interview podcast kind of links into the actual play because there's so much overlap in the community. When you're doing actual plays, you are like, like I, I met you two through this community, through weird off circuits of much. Mm-hmm. So, and then that writes you in like, hey, I get in front of Oscar Rios and then suddenly like, oh, this is the guy that runs Golden Garden Plus. I love being on his Facebook page and antagonizing him with constant positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. I get to see, I get I get to see behind the curtain. I, I think that we've progressed that I, I get to see the real you. Listen, I, y'all, I, the amount of fun I have jumping on the Golden Goblin Press's, uh, Press's Facebook page and slathering it with affection and irritating Oscar makes me so happy. But, you know, I go to Necronomicon as a member of MUP. Where does that put me? In front of Mike Mason. Where does Mike Mason talking to? Oscar Rios. How did that get in? Now suddenly I'm having dinner with Oscar Rios. So that community, once you find one in, is very easy to avalanche into multiple aspects of it so it's how's it been it's been a blessing from a pure networking standpoint it's been a blessing from a career cultivation standpoint it's been absolutely invaluable from a let's challenge you to be a better writer a better podcaster to get better equipment to to tell better stories to build better communities it's been 
beautiful. And that's because of the people who are already here doing what they love doing any damn way. Nice. It, it, and and to, to pick up on that, though, and talk about community, the community that surrounds you in the Symphony Discord is amazing. Like, I'm, you, I'm on every day, Thank you for scrolling being here. through, you know, like, just everybody's welcoming, accepting. It, it's such a, a, a great, creative, supportive space to be, and that's because of you. Thank you, babe. John, thank you. You are killing me with the compliments today. And sorry, my, I can feel my nose going like I'm done. So sorry if I'm getting nasally. <laughs> or he's making me cry. John, thank you. And thank you for being an active member of that community. It's not just me. It's, it, that's an us situation. Yeah, yeah. We collectively get together. But to my point in gaming, go find your people. If you can't find it, build that shit yourself and attract people to you. One of them two methods is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, the, the, and, the, and have, the, be the, patient this, and have faith. Yeah. Because if you go to a con and everybody sucks, but you meet one good player that you trade social, you trade contact with, worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Worth it. Pretty much every single person in my orbit that I game with regularly was at one point a total stranger that sat across from me across from me at a table in a at a at a con. Yeah. Um and it, like a hotel room. A lot of people in the industry got kicked out of our hotel room when security <laughs> showed up in twenty fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, I joked. It's not a real party until security comes and breaks <laughs> it up. Security. And then an hour later, security came and broke up. And the broke party. it up. It's a real party. Um No, but seriously, you're gonna you're gonna meet trash people. Yep. You're gonna meet un, you know unaccepting people. Yep. But you're gonna meet one or two gems. And if you can just collect enough gems, you'll have a group. And then Correct. eventually you'll have a basket that yep. Even if it's hard to organize yep. five people, there are another 15 people you know that you can say, hey, are you available? Agreed. 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 And in order to collect that basket, you have to keep going back out there, guys. You got to put yourself out there. You have to just mm-hmm. keep doing it. And I know it can be frustrating when you have experiences that challenge you as a person. <laughs> but you have to just keep you have to keep going after it. And that's in writing. That's in actual plays. That's in podcasting. That's in gaming. That You just... You have to continue to go out there. That's the only way you're going to collect those gems. Right. Yeah. Well, we may hey, be you know, stealing Amy, so just on the, you know. Come on. Worth <laughs> it. We're talking about Tate? Do yeah. that a lot. You're talking about Amy? Uh, listen, you ain't got to steal Amy. I will throw Amy your direction because that child is brilliant. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I, I, I would love to get you and Amy in a Cthulhu Invictus game with us at Ooh. some point. And I promise there won't be any spiders. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. This is why you're the homies. I love it. Because I have several that involve spiders. <laughs> I mean, if you want to so go back to your heads up. <laughs> if you want, no, I got you. And if you want to go back to your original palette of like kids in danger, I'm good with that too. Like, fuck them kids. Let's do it. Well, we're, we're, we're probably a few weeks away from starting a, a massive playtest of something I'm running in the fall um, called The Accursed Land. The Accursed Land. Ooh, fun title. A a centurion just bought a large estate in uh, Moesia, which is okay. Bulgaria today, um, to retire on with his new wife. Okay. And, of course, all the locals tell him, you shouldn't stay on this land. It's no cursed. good comes of it. It's cursed. Don't do um, it. And they tell, and then basically, you know, 
they figure out they have to the investigators have to solve the mystery behind the curse and try and find a way to lift it oh but they're not even but they start off basically saying it's the accursed land and they're like why and nobody can really tell them why because no one's lived on this land for so long oh the 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 details of, of what have gone on are now like are lost you know, to time yeah right but nobody nobody lives here the fear persists, but no one can give you the real details on right. what happened. And of I course, like this guy shows up with you, with the with the players, and like a dozen freedmen, slaves, family members. Yeah. To like renovate this villa and start getting this place under control. And then they find and, out why it is. And then things start happening. Yes. So was that a, an official invitation to join that playtest, or were you just... <laughs> I didn't. Just clarity matters. If I if I said it, it's an official invitation. Cool. I accept. Get Amy. We we, we don't we don't have a date yet. <laughs> we'll get one. But, but you know, because we've adjourned for the the holiday season. Good for you guys. Yeah. So yeah. January, February, mid January. Okay, that'll work. I like it. Um, my my group is in a bit of flux, okay. so some people may be starting new characters. Okay. This this despite the. Uh, protests of their fellow players Ooh. Listen, um, you know, it's the gaming environment shit happens but no i would love to you know help you guys with character creations find something that sings to you sexy yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i like this okay, i'll let amy know right and if you just <laughs> if you just want to pick up a pre-gen there are a ton of them to to, to choose from good there's literally there's like nine more i think there's anyway Listen, I'm so hot. Just make me hurt and it'll be fine. <laughs> right. And we'll go from there. Okay, cool. All right, we're moving on. Or uh, moving yeah. on. So you I mean you you guys stream repeatedly throughout the week. Um Yeah. And I you know, I'll catch little bits and pieces. Um but it's hard for me personally because I don't get signal at work and you know, blah blah blah. You know, like most people are listening yeah. to podcasts in the car at work. Are yep. we going to see at some point in the future a symphony podcast, perhaps? Or are you strictly staying with the with the streaming platform? And it's about the experience, right? People get dressed up. You you had your Christmas lights on yesterday, and yes, <laughs> and I just like threw on the back of my table yeah. here. All right, so John, let's have a super transparent conversation. You already know this, but I'm going to tell your viewers. I suck at technology. I don't know what the fuck is going on with computers most days. I really don't. I just it's just not my jam. Uh, it's a skill set that I am marginally willing to learn and improve upon <laughs> and i do I, I i have launched a streaming platform and we can do it i chose streaming because i didn't have to do any editing yeah that's yeah, exactly yeah. why we're streaming right now i chose streaming because it would be accessible to new players mm -hmm. because you don't have to have what cuppy cup from ain't slay nobody paid for me here you don't have to have the dual monitors or the sexy camera um just to get on and stream a game so i wanted things where i can invite my friends on comfortably to join in on the experience and then most importantly i didn't want to edit yeah john i will 100 percent launch a podcast if someone else edits that shit <laughs> the other trick with with the hey someone else comes and edits that shit when you're dealing with an audio, this is my experience, Bridget's experience. When you're dealing with an audio only drama format, sound quality really matters. Yeah. yeah, yeah for You sure. can tell when someone has the bougie mic and then someone else has a Yeti and someone else is on a headset and that can be jarring or disruptive to some viewers, some listeners. And 
if I were going to release my own podcast, I would probably want to do what Cuppy Cup did and make sure everyone had consistent equipment. Mm -hmm. But I'm not about to ask nobody to go and spend money on something if I can't fucking pay them. Yeah. So for me to get a podcast off the ground, I would need the sponsorship money, the viewership money to pay people. I would need consistent equipment across the cast and I need somebody to do the editing. Now, if you would like to handle those three things for me, John, I will start <laughs> podcasting January of 2024. I, I can do everything. I can, I, can, I can answer for John. No. <laughs> I, I can do everything but the editing. Fuck editing. I hate it. <laughs> editing is tough. Y'all got a podcast. Y'all know. So, I ain't about to learn no editing. I okay. used to do sound effects and, and all kinds of right because I listen to podcasts and I like I uh-huh. enjoy that experience you know it's soundscape whatever like <laughs> you know I ain't slayed nobody yeah um, you know how we roll you know all these folks how we roll so uh-huh. I was like well fuck I'm a, I'll do that so I'm like doing foley and like recording shit at work and like walking through the grocery store I'm like. I can't. This is fucking stupid. I can't. I did it for. I did it for a, a while, a, like a long uh-huh. while. And my buddy uh-huh. Jesse was just like, "Just stop. Like, just stop doing yeah. it." Because it would take yeah. me, you know, an entire weekend to edit an hour's episode. An and hour's like, episode. I fucking hate it. I used to do. I used to do short segments called like you know, like you know, Tales from the Empire or something for yeah, yeah. MUP. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like. 10 minutes and it yeah. would take me like six hours, six hours. And yeah. oh, it's a mess. Yeah. There were like tons of special effects and voiceovers and, you know, and I'm like, Oh my uh, God. I love doing it. I love, I did a bunch of them, but it's like, Holy hell is it a lot of work. Y'all. If, if you enjoy a podcast anywhere, make sure you send not just the writers, not just the performers, send them damn editors a thank you because they are the unsung heroes of quality that is getting out to you right now. I, I think a month episode I was talking to um, a couple of editors about an hour and 20 minute episode might take them six to seven hours to edit. Six to seven hours to get an hour yeah, worth of content. Yeah. You don't even want to talk about what Cup does over at Ain't Slayed Nobody because he's working a part-time job per episode. I don't understand yeah. how he does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd love to get a podcast, babe, as soon as I can pay people, <laughs> supply equipment, and... uh. <laughs> And find an editor that doesn't hate doesn't hate their souls and mine. Yep. Fair enough. So if you would <laughs> if you would support Bridget's uh, Patreon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I think there's links Help in the me. show notes. <laughs> We're gonna leave links to the show notes that you can vote on. I am willing to you know support Bridget's podcast Patreon. <laughs> We appreciate for, it. And that's at patreon.com forward slash seventy five dollars a month. <laughs> seventy five dollars a month and you can help Bridget get a podcast out. Uh I had a I had a Patreon for my YouTube Star Frontier channel during the pandemic. Yeah. And it, it was a good month where we made twenty five dollars. I'm sorry, but did you make twenty five dollars? Yes. Did you put yourself out there as a small business owner on Patreon? Did you have somebody volunteer their yep. money, donate yep. money to you? Did you have more than zero dollars at the end of that month? Congratulations on your successful Patreon. Well, no, we did have zero dollars. The you had twenty five. Streamyard was twenty five dollars a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you have to pay for Streamyards out of pocket, or could you pay with it with Patreon money? It was just Patreon money. See, it, it was a push, but I love doing it. So. Congratulations on your successful Patreon, guys! You don't have to have. Oh, oh, oh! Let me say that re- really fast. I'm going to steal this from BD BD Waters. BD Walters. I have COVID. Has not help. I think it's BD Walters. He's brilliant, and I love him so much. Um, 
he came Church up, up Barbara Mr. Walters. Barbara Walters, Jesus, <laughs> me and my names today. Just said people. <laughs> Brilliant people in the industry. Um, he came onto the Miskatonic University podcast and he said something to me that I thought was it's gonna bother me. It's gonna bother me right now. So what I'm gonna do is stop in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> And look up this damn main name. Beef Day Walters. Thank you so much. God is good. Whew, COVID. Um, he came onto the Miskatonic University podcast and he made a statement about people who have podcasts that are just launched or books that have just launched or are new in the industry in any way. Don't worry about what Ain't Slate Nobody is doing as far as downloads. Don't worry about how many people chime in live to Critical Role. Don't worry about any of those people. Just worry about building your own individual community. And one of the things he said that really stuck out to me, he says, if you have a new podcast and you got three viewers a week, you might feel like you're not doing well. But if you threw a party at your house and three people showed up, you have enough to play a game. You have enough to hang out. If you have a podcast and you have 200 downloads, and you're just like, oh, my God, you know, so-and-so is doing 10,000 downloads a month. If you had a house party and 200 people showed up, you would be completely overwhelmed with that volume of people. Mm-hmm. Don't compare yourself to other people. They're not doing what you're doing. Comparison can be growth, uh, can be great from a growth standpoint, from like a comp comparison, how do I do this better, what are ways, blah, blah, blah. But don't, don't, don't tie your value to what other people are doing. Do what the hell you're doing and be proud of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If your Patreon is doing $25 a month, God damn it, your Patreon is doing $25 a month. You're not pulling out of your you know, shared marital uh, checking account to pay for StreamYards. Your Patreons right. who enjoy your content are doing it. I just wanted to say that really fast. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Worry about what you're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. There's, there's so many people out there doing stuff now, and everybody's yeah. doing something that's you know, different. They're own, you know, doing, doing their thing. So, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Tons of good content, too. Oh, there's so much great content out there, too. So just go create your content. To your to Oscar's amazing point in the beginning, get over your own fears. Get out of your own way and go get it done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, do we want to we wanna, we wanna wrap? We want to throw this last one? Last one. Last one. Last one. one. All right. 12 is my favorite number. What, uh, uh, what can we look forward to ooh. from you and Symphony and Entertainment? What's 2024 like? What are your long-term goals? Where do you go from here? Okay. This is a great time because the the Symphony Petty Awards airs tomorrow live, and I'm going to be discussing some of this. So things you can expect um, for 2024 from Symphony Entertainment. We are going to finally be rolling out long-form storytelling. Uh, I have been doing mostly one-shots or two-shots on Symphony. So, you know, you get in and out and go. Um, We're going to be running a long-form Alien, the RPG campaign. Nice. I am going to be running Vampire the Masquerade for the very first time. Y'all send thoughts and prayers because y'all know how that community can be. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have long-form storytelling coming out. Um, We are on the brink of more paid opportunities for my cast. So we just um, landed a Kickstarter grant with uh, Richard Ruan, uh, who published um, Moonlight on Roseville Beach. Mm -hmm. Those monies have already come in. I've already secured the cast. I am turning that corner where sponsorships and viewerships are getting to the point where I can actually start paying people to come in and play games and run games and edit games and do things for us. And that is something I am extremely excited about. Because let me tell you, there's just a feeling that comes along with I played a role-playing game for two hours online and somebody sent me a check for X. Yeah, yeah. There's just, there's just something, there's something magical uh, about being seen in that type of way. Um, that's really all that I have right now. Well, that's all that you have? <laughs> <laughs> that's all that I have right now. 
girl, you're you're you, you got all the oars in the water, rolling as frantically as you can. So God bless. I love you too. Thank you so much. That's all that I have going on. Um Right now, there are a few conventions you're going to be able to see me at. Some of them I can announce, some of them I can't. So just follow us on socials for all that fun stuff, and we'll go from there. Are you going to be at Necro? I am, yes. Sweet. Mm, okay, John, let's have a quick conversation <laughs> on Necro, though, just while we're here, while, we're, while, while I'm eating up time on your show. Necro is two weeks after Gen Con. Oh, I'm shit, scared. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm scared. Now, mm. I have my hotel book. I'm going to buy my uh, flight here in a couple of months, but guys, I'm just scared. I got COVID after Gen Con last time, and like, that's a lot. Isn't that a lot? Do y'all do both? How does that work? I don't. Do do I will do Gen Con. It's too many people. I hate Gen Con. Okay. So I feel it okay. is overcrowded. It is impersonal. It is way commercialized. The 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 the, the rooming blocks are a freaking nightmare. <sighs> Unless I'm nominated for an any, I'm not going. You're not going. Okay. Okay, well, you do and have plenty of those. I have, I have not sent anything for any consideration in a couple of years. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Got tired of sweeping them? Is that what happened? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, mean, I got aspert because my, my, my dream project didn't get any love. But that's a personal thing. Ouch. I'm sorry, babe. No, that's, that's my fucking ego. That's, I know. I got to get over myself. Hurt and hurt. And I'm still sorry. Because that, that, no, that's a frustrating feeling. So, yeah. Well, you know, when you send, when you, when you submit for any consideration, you got to send like six copies of a book. Yeah. And if that book is like $55, $65, you're spending $250 to roll the dice. Yeah. You know, so I am a very small company. You know, yeah. I run this out of everything behind me. You yeah. know, it's so, yeah. Uh, Two hundred and fifty dollars pays buys a lot of art. Yes, know? it does. It, yeah, it pays that pays for, your editors. It, yeah, yeah. Yep, that pays your proofreaders. That pays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's taken me ten years, but I think I finally figured out how to run a small business. <laughs> I don't care. You figured it out. That's at the end of the day. That's what you figured out. So yeah, guys, I, I have every intention of being at Necronomicon, but boy, let me tell you, <laughs> I'm worried about those dates. <laughs> you have to come to our karaoke party. We got a karaoke party. There's an official karaoke party. Okay. And then there's Golden Goblin Press's karaoke party. Wednesday. You know, I've never done karaoke before. I've attended plenty of them. I've never actually been on stage just saying no. I might might go ahead and let y'all pop that cherry for 2024. Oh, my. We rented a room last year and had like 14 people in it. And we closed the place. Yeah. We we rented the largest room and closed the place. At one, we, we were all so drunk. At some point, somebody called the uh, all night cookie place and ordered one of everything which was delivered to the karaoke room <laughs> it that's was, so delicious it was uh, yeah like black Phillip. we were so living delicious <laughs> living delicious yeah so John I have every intention of seeing you at Necronomicon again babe awesome I want to hang out with you on a bench in the middle of the sunshine and like listen to Murph argue with somebody over nothing. Yeah, yeah I need that experience for us. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. I'll come up with a concept that the three of us can be on a panel together. Oh, don't you yeah, thread me with a good time, babe. Let's do it. Excellent. Excellent. Conquering your fear. No, Jesus. You know right, what? We, we, that done. Done. Okay, I'll see y'all for 2024. You did this, uh, you, you did this Bridget. <laughs> okay, Neil. 
We're coming, Neil. We already got it ready to go. And my my editor Lisa's coming this year. <gasps> oh, nice! Oh, good. So yeah, she has to get been, Regina to come out. Well, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. But, but I'd love it. I'd love it. I mean, she is a minor nerd celebrity now. You know, long term campaign player for. Uh, Legends of Tabletop. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get it. Come on. We already got our panel set. We've got the karaoke night going. We're good. We're rocking and rolling right now. Right. Sweet. All right. Well, is that it? Thank you. We made it. it, We did it. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Oscar, do you have anything uh, as we as we head out? Uh, We just announced our major. our major publication for 2028, De Horror Ulteriori. It is a collection of seven Call of Cthulhu Invictus adventures. It's a mix of uh, established any award-winning authors, um, middle, you know, established authors, and a number of fairly new authors, one of which will be making their debut. Um, the, the details on it are on our, on our Facebook page. Um, we've got Jeff Muller, Richard Watts, Fred Groves, um, a new author, Alex Sun, Cat. Uh, you got Alex Sun? Yeah! Cat's uh, in it on your recommendation. She's hey. got a great pitch. Um, God, I'm blanking. Uh, uh, Morgan Lurlin, who did karaoke with us. Uh, and he's actually, we've published him before. Um, and myself. So, uh, really, really excited about that. Congratulations. And um, we will be announcing another project in the next few weeks. I'm waiting till I have cover art to really, Ooh. but there will be, you know, and um, legend, the legacy of Arius Lurko second edition um, will be out. We are almost done editing it. Okay. Um, and the companion, the Arius Lurko companion, which is going to be a PDF that's already written. And I'll be sending that to editing probably um, in the new, very either this week or next week. So we're going to be doing a lot uh, to promote the Cthulhu Invictus line in 2024. Um, so 2024 is going to be the year of Cthulhu Invictus for us. Congratulations, oh, guys. My team is doing Rising Phoenix in April, and we are running 13 different rounds of Call of Cthulhu. And many of those are going to be short two-hour demos hmm. they're going to be short two-hour games so if you want to try call of cthulhu but you don't want to invest four hours that's right perfect time yes this is the way i like it yes nice and bridget do you have anything you want to want to lead out with we have links in the show notes for the things check the patreon all that stuff yes now nah, baby if you've got links in the show notes listen we're already cooking with grease you guys can find me around the internet you can find me on the mythotonic university podcast um honestly if you're looking to get started writing with call of cthulhu please email me and let me get your life together because it's just you holding you back we can get you there um and again you can email me at bridget bridget you walk across with two t's at chaosing.com for anything else actual play publishing me rambling about nothing feel free to hit me up at symphony entertainment ga at gmail.com or you can just find me at symphony entertainment.com and it, it'll link you everywhere else you need to go sweet 
All right. Uh, thank you. Um, Yay, John, thank you. <laughs> we have our Patreon up as well. If you want to throw a couple of bucks at us that way, that's awesome. Yay. Uh, goes towards keeping the lights on, I guess. Although we record and uh, podcast for spite, so we're just going to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, but your ratings and reviews on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher of choice is, super helpful. Algorithms, blah, blah, blah. You listen to podcasts, you get it. So thanks a lot. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Peace. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.